All right. All righty. Hello there. Hi. How you doing? Oh, good, good. Uh, we're doing this for your podcast, right? I don't know. <laughs> we didn't discuss this. <laughs> we didn't discuss which podcast this was going to be on. So let's just say it's going to be on both. All right, cool, cool. Um, so now that we got that weird introduction out of the way, uh, let's formally introduce ourselves. My name is Stephanie. I am the host of Creative Street Podcast. And I'm Diana, and I'm the host of the It's Not About Me podcast. So in the background, you'll hear Simba. Um, he's my co-host. <laughs> and you won't hear anyone with me because I host alone. <laughs> I have a dog, but he's not the host type, you know, so he's just <laughs> doing his own thing. Um, so Stephanie and I decided to come together uh, for a topic that her and I don't even know what we're going to talk about. This is just okay. like whatever comes to mind. We're going to go ahead and jump in because Stephanie and I have so many conversations and we yes. don't record any of them. Yes, like literally last night, hour and a half conversation. I was like, ah, damn, we should have been recording this recorded whole time. It. We should have recorded it. <laughs> but I do want to, so Stephanie's podcast is about creativity. And I feel like that ties in a lot to what I talk about. So on my podcast, um, the whole purpose of it is to um, talk about some of the things that shape us and some of the things that we struggle with. Um, for me, for example, <clears throat> I struggle with, um, openness and being able to express through words what I'm feeling. So I do have a creative outlet, which is what Stephanie's podcast is about. It's about creativity and is everyone creative? She answers that question on her podcast. So I guess we can jump in because you and I are both creatives so mm -hmm. I'm not sure if it's the same for you, this this um, kind of like you use a creative outlet in order to express yourself. I don't know if that's the same for you. That's definitely the case for me. So definitely for me to be, I use all types of creativity as a, and like my outlet. Um, as I've been doing this podcast, I've learned more. Because uh, I do like these weird cycles of creativity, right? Like I love to draw, I love to do music, I love to write. Um, and I think you you also know this from years of just knowing me that constantly going through these cycles. And I've noticed that um, a lot of the times that I'm in these different type of cycles, it's because I'm experiencing something different in my life. Um but they all have that same thematic, right? So typically when I'm in a very peaceful and like uplifting kind of mood, I tend to paint. I tend to draw. It's just where my mind goes. Music is life. So I'm always listening to music regardless of the of what I'm feeling. But I can definitely see like the type of music that I'm listening to, like maybe the specific type of playlist that I'm creating or listening to on repeat um, and the songs, they capture different like moods throughout the time. Um, so typically if I'm painting, I'm putting like, you know, bachata and I'm putting like EDM songs and like they're they're pretty up there. You know, it's a very uplifting type of feeling. However, I noticed that when I'm writing, I'm more either contemplative or like angry and like feeling feelings of turmoil type thing. Um, so and, and the music that I listen to reflects that, right? So I'm listening to more rap, to more lo-fis, to even rock songs. I love rock songs. Um, <laughs> so depending on what it is that I'm feeling, it's what creative outlet and creative expression I'm using to describe and put into the universe and get it out of my, my system, what it is that I'm feeling. So, yeah. makes sense and it's interesting that you say that because because your your whole purpose is like creativity and are we all creative and it's interesting that you talk about not only you creating something to release emotion but you also use other people's creativity mm -hmm. to release emotions 
So it just goes to show like how valuable creativity is because other people, other people's creations also help us emote. Like we don't mm -hmm. even just rely on ourselves. We rely on other people to help us emote. So that's cool. Like creativity and creativity, like it doesn't have to just come out of us. It can come out of somebody else. And that's still enough to help us, you know, deal with whatever we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. Excuse and me. not just that, some people can articulate those feelings better than I can. Like the way that I see it, like sometimes songs, like I could be feeling some sort of way and I listen to a song and the lyricist, the 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 song, the singer, whether they wrote the song or not, they say it and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what I'm feeling. Like it was perfect. And then even sometimes, even like I mentioned lo-fi's. I love lo-fi's because lo-fi, it doesn't even have lyrics, but it's the tone, it's the the vibration of that sound that then it kind of gives even if it can't articulate what it is I'm feeling, it captures the mood. It captures the somberness that it is that maybe within my soul is what I'm feeling, right? Um, aside from that, like aside from other creatives, like helping you kind of capture that, like those emotions themselves, like it also, I feel like hearing other people that are feeling the same way you are also helps you not feel alone, right? It helps us connect creativity, whatever expression, whatever way you use to express yourself. It helps you realize that you can connect with other people and like you can, you're not alone in this world, no matter how alone we may feel. And we, we are, but we're not, you get me? Mm -hmm. Um, I think creativity is a great, it's just a great way of showing the connectivity. Creativity is connectivity, um, you know, between all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something that I talk about too. Like talking about relation, like it does feel sometimes like something that you're going through is something that somebody else can't understand. It feels like I'm the only one going through this. But one of the reasons that I decided to start my podcast is because I know deep down that I can't possibly be the only one experiencing these things because we're all human and we all mm -hmm. experience things very similarly, especially if we have gone through the same struggles. And sometimes I think we we kind of hold back because of that feeling of of a fear that someone's going to judge you for something or they're mm -hmm. not going to be able to understand you when in reality, they're go into the same thing and you didn't even know because you never said it right mm -hmm. and yeah creativity is a great way to see somebody's struggle tangibly and mm -hmm. like when you can see a tangible thing expressed by somebody else it's almost like you get to see inside their heart and you're like oh my gosh that like black and white that you just put on that piece of paper like I relate to that black and white. Mm -hmm. Like it makes me think of all these things in my own life just because of that one tangible piece of art that you created. And I'm like, yeah, you get it. Like you didn't mm -hmm. even have to say it with words. You created this. I get it. I see it. I'm going through the same thing. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, again, creativity is connection. It helps you definitely not feel alone in this mm -hmm. world. And it helps you like, let's say even if you don't, if you aren't going exactly through what someone else is going through, I think it still helps you open your mind up, right? To other people's experiences. It, it helps you be empathetic. Um, I think that's really important. Like it's hard to connect with others and it's hard to find connection within your own life, even between like your family members and your friends um, and even that that self-love, if you don't have empathy, empathy towards yourself, empathy towards others, even people you don't know, like it's important. And I think even if the creative thing that you're looking at, right, like even if the song, I can't relate to a song, that doesn't mean that I automatically like dismiss it, right? Like I still listen to the story that the that the like the artist is saying because every song, whether you 
think about it or not, whether it's about big booty bitches <laughs> or not, it all has a story, right? There, there was an inspiration behind it. There's a train of thought. Now, is it a fantastic, in-depth, universal train of thought? Maybe not, but it's still there. And so even if I may not connect to it in like this deep, abstract level, that doesn't mean I can't connect to it and I can't listen to the story and be like, I see what you mean. That's true. <laughs> and then that helps you create empathy and be like, ah, you know, maybe this artist, I, I may not be on the same level as them, but definitely I get it. Like, I get where they're coming from. I get the story. I can understand all these other songs that they come out with. And it's like, oh, my God, Tanisha, the one that you talked about in this other song. Oh, this girl at it again. <laughs> yeah. Kid you not. That's um, true. Yeah. And that's a good point. Like, that's that's also why I feel like it's important to tell your story. Like, that's such a, a great point, because I may not have gone through the same thing as you specifically, but I think that, like you said, it creates empathy because I can't know everybody's experiences, right? Like, I couldn't possibly because I've only got my own experience. And when I hear somebody somebody else's story, it helps me understand them more. And like, mm -hmm. I, I, I have learned over time not to make assumptions about people because you never know why somebody says a certain thing why somebody acts a certain way there are so many just more hidden reasons for us being mm -hmm. who we are today and sometimes we don't we we don't get it because we don't know the the behind the scenes story so that is you important. haven't lived through it exactly like, you haven't lived you can through it. you can i can listen to your story and say to myself in a pedantic way like a very like pompous way like oh, I would have done things differently. You don't know that. You, you definitely don't know that. You're, you've never been put in the situation. You've never been through what Diana has been through. You don't know if you would have reacted differently. You may react differently with what you experienced because you don't have any of that background baggage and that background context that goes into that type of situation. So you... To say to somebody, oh, I would have been different. I would have done things differently. It's easier said than done. Be in that position. It's like, um, like, I feel like we were talking about this yesterday, where sometimes it's that third party objective, that outsider view, right? Where you're looking at, at life, you're looking at people's decisions, you're looking at these interactions and being like, oh, yeah, like, this could have been done like this and and like you know the interaction could have been done this way and da 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 or like applying certain like you know i think yesterday we were talking about like the the just internal like development right like being able to like identify these things and actively so you can change and, and develop yourself and like change some of these like trauma reactions and stuff like that um it's easier said than done. It's hard to be the person that is experiencing this and is used to reacting this way to then catch yourself and be like, wait, this is how old Stephanie was responding. This is how new Stephanie with the new information needs to respond. Let me take a moment. It's so much harder to catch yourself in those moments when you're in the heat of those emotions and the heat of that, like, that situation to be able to take a moment so that you can react differently. So you can break that internal monologue of trauma and reaction and all of that. So yeah, like the outsider is much easier than the insider. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny that we're talking about these things. These are things that I also talk about, have talked about on my podcast. So it's funny because it all just like is so intertwined, but oh, that is literally something that I say. It's like, when you're when you're first of all the first step is to share your story right like mm -hmm. you have to be able to say hey i struggle with this this is something that i talk about mm -hmm. and once once somebody knows and it doesn't have to be like i've said it doesn't have to be 
a crowd of people. You can trust one person and say, hey, listen, like I struggle with this thing. Can you help me? Can you keep me accountable? Because that that's where I'm at at the point of my life. It's like I've I've gotten the knowledge of why it is that I do certain things and like kind of like what has shaped my actions and some of the things that I do. I I kind of I'm I'm still learning, but I've learned what some of those what some of those kind of like connections are. Like okay, wait a second. This was my environment. I grew up this way. And because of this, this is why I'm acting like this today. Like I've made some of those connections. And if I share that with someone, if I'm like, hey, listen, like I'm working on this because I've noticed that I do this because of X, Y, Z reason. If I share my story with you and you're with me and we're out and about and you notice that I say something kind of like, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like you can then later tell me, hey, listen, I noticed that you said this in this situation or I noticed that you did this in this situation. I know you want to like be made self-aware. So in case you didn't realize that you did this, right? Mm -hmm. So that's the whole, that's, that's the benefit of sharing your story and your struggle is like, like you said, even if you can't relate to it, you may not be able to understand why I act this way. But if I tell you, you can notice it and you could be like, Hey, listen, I noticed that you did this. Mm -hmm. I know you want to be better. So I'm just letting you know, not in a judgmental way, but in a way, Hey, like, I know you're still working on this, but yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's the benefit of 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 sharing your story. And and even if we can't relate to the specificities of struggle, the root of it all is pain, right? Pain is something that we mm-hmm. all relate to when we're talking mm-hmm. about our struggles. It doesn't matter what caused your pain. I know what pain feels like. If I see mm-hmm. you crying, I know what it feels like to get to the point where you're crying. Like I can relate to that emotion because I felt it, whether I felt it because of a different reason, doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You're in pain and I can tell because I've been in pain before. Mm-hmm. So it's still, it's still something that we can understand, even if it's not specific, like we understand pain, we understand even joy, like to look at the positive side of it. If you're excited about something, I've been excited before, you know, like I, I get that excitement. I was excited about this thing. You're excited about this thing. How amazing. And it's like, it's just a natural thing to feel the things that other people feel because we are that connected, like our emotions, they trigger something in someone, right? Like if I see you experiencing, experiencing an emotion as a human being, automatically I'm watching you. I am moved by you no matter what you're feeling. If you're excited, if you're in pain, I'm moved by that emotion because I understand that emotion and there is that connection and and something that I talk about too is is the the need that there is for that openness because I feel like we're all so disconnected because we're so scared of relating in a deeper way we're so scared of, of being sharing vulnerable. exactly of being vulnerable and being hurt right because mm-hmm. one thing I don't know I I, I guess uh going back to the it's it's empathy right like it's the empathy towards yourself towards the people that you know towards your family towards your friends and towards the people you don't know right i'll be honest somebody i don't know i if i'm being vulnerable and they say something eh, i can brush it off but it's not the same as being vulnerable with someone that you do know in this in some facet right like a colleague a friend a family member you know your partner and then when you're being vulnerable being open like and and sometimes they don't even do it on purpose it's just they don't know they're also with my family we grew up like that everybody is like self-defense mode Right. So even when you're trying to be vulnerable and trying to connect with your family by telling them something that you wouldn't otherwise say, because you're trying to build that deeper connection, they'll jab at you. And it's not because they, uh, at least with my family, it it could be very different with others. It's not because they mean to, it's just, that's how we've been raised. Right. Like that's, that's the environment you've been in. It's a, it's a free for all. You either defend yourself and you make thick and you give yourself thick skin to protect yourself from not just the world around you and the people you don't know, but even the people that you do know, the people that are supposed to be your supporting, 
your your supportive family and and um circle so yeah i mean empathy empathy is vital to making those connections and you know being open to receive that the fact that you you ask your support group hey i'm trying to work better at being this thing like i am trying to improve myself if you notice this tell me right that's you being super vulnerable and that's like that's impressive because not everybody wants to receive feedback on who how they act and like what they say like nobody likes to be criticized but into you you're not receiving it as criticism you're receiving it as that constructive feedback you're receiving it as that that accountability accountability that you were looking for so that you could become aware of these situations and help yourself make those changes like my girl I'll tell you (laughs) (laughs) we're all trying here but no, I love that you you touched on those points because again, I've mentioned that too. It's like it's it's your your core group, right? Your core group mm-hmm. is is the group that that teaches you how to express yourself and shapes the way that you express yourself. Like you were saying about thick skin. I think that's such a good point because that is such a thing. Like, like parents especially parents that have been through real struggle and they have had to overcome real trials, they've overcome it, right? So they expect you to inherit thick skin, just like you said, this concept of thick skin. When you think Mm -hmm. about it, it's like, what? Like, what what does that that even mean? mean? Exactly. Like, what does that even mean? What does thick skin even mean, right? Because- there's if you think about it i mean thick skin is is almost like you're supposed to protect yourself like you're supposed to give yourself a layer right mm-hmm. it's 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 this it's this implication of a layer where nothing can penetrate you right mm-hmm. and that's the exact opposite of what, of what we should do right mm-hmm. and what it does it's true and what it does it doesn't actually protect you it, it's harmful right this mm-hmm. extra layer that you have is harmful and it shouldn't be there like this idea that you need to create a barrier between you and a the boundary world. which then causes the inability to connect exactly and genuinely care and be this open person that accepts feedback Exactly. Whether it's constructive, whether it's positive, whatever it is, because there's no such thing as negative. I think I think there's a negative way to say things, but I Mm -hmm. think feedback is constructive, right? Mm -hmm. When you're receiving feedback, it's either to reinforce something positive or to kind of point out areas where you can use improvement, Mm self-improvement, right? Whether it's to yourself or from other people being received, it's feedback. Mm -hmm. But yes, creating that thick skin instead of helping you kind of keep things out it also helps you keep those bad energies and those bad like those negative um reactions and like way that you go about living your life and those negative thoughts because i mean just like thick skin is meant to keep something out it's meant to keep things in exactly like mm-hmm. how do you how do you let go of that how do you connect with others like you, you can't you feel alone and then it re- that thick skin reinforces the fact that you're alone because you think nobody else in this world feels what you're feeling or has gone through what you're feeling. So, yeah, like, yeah, that's a good point. Like, it's a good point in, in trying not to let things affect you and come in. You're also keeping your own stuff in it. It, it works both ways. Mm-hmm. And it it's crazy to think that like, human beings because there's so much struggle it's crazy to think that your parents because the way that I see it the way that the reason that your parents want you to have thick skin is because they want to protect you right because they've experienced things and they've learned that in order to protect themselves they need to have this layer so they think that they're helping you Mm -hmm. when they tell you you need to have thick skin because this is how you survive you survive. Mm-hmm. This is how you protect yourself. But it's like we shouldn't 
we shouldn't be protecting ourselves. We should be protecting each other, right? Like mm-hmm. there, there shouldn't be this, this, this human reason to, you know, to rely on myself only. Like I shouldn't be only relying on myself. Like I shouldn't be my only, my only friend, my only we're source social of... creatures. Exactly. The, what you're getting at is we're social creatures. Mm-hmm. We, because we are social creatures, we've come to rely upon each other, right? Like something as simple as like the headphones that you that we have in our ears right now. We didn't make that ourselves. Exactly. Somebody else thought about it. Somebody else built it. Somebody else distributed it. Somebody else kept it in their store until we went over there and bought it. Very true. We rely on we each other. We rely on each other. And that idea of thick skin, like what you're saying, is like it it makes you think and makes you feel that you you can't rely on anybody else. Which especially and and it's ironic because your parents teach you that mm-hmm. or most of the time because other people yeah. they, they learn it through experience and through mm-hmm. life which i get like that's literally what happened with our parents mm-hmm. um where they Give had to one learn second it because second. of life hold that thought because my computer's gonna die so i'm gonna pause oh, no? it i'm gonna run okay. and get my charger and we'll be right back hold that thought all right people i'm so sorry i had to pause because my computer was going to die but I have my charger, Stephanie. I'm so sorry that I interrupted your train of thought. It's all good. I hope it comes back at some point. <laughs> We're talking about our parents and the irony of the fact that our parents are the ones that teach us to have thick skin, mm-hmm. right? And we were talking about the thick skin and um, connecting and how it, it causes that barrier of connection. Mm-hmm. You would think that because your parents are teaching you to have thick skin, it, okay. So we were talking about support systems, right? And Mm -hmm. how thick skin also causes a barrier where you, we we are social creatures, meaning like we need support from each other, right? Mm -hmm. And the fact that our parents are the ones that teach us to make this layer, this barrier, we then become resentful towards them because then you think to yourself like, oh, so I can't rely on you when I, number one, I wasn't, I didn't ask to be born. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask to be created. Um, yet here I am. And then now you're telling, and I, I thought I should be able to rely on you. And now you're telling me that I can't, I can't rely on anybody. I can't rely on you. I can't rely on my siblings. I can't rely on friends. I can't rely on the world and the world around me that I was born into that I didn't ask to be born into. I have to just rely on myself. Like that's what I genuinely think is happening with this current generation and how they're, they're coming up with this like anxiety and this Mm -hmm. depressiveness and all of that. Like, Mm -hmm. It sucks. Mm-hmm. It really, and they're smarter and smarter, like year by year, they get smarter and smarter and they're realizing the realities of the world. Like when you're eight, seven, that, that does a lot. And like, we're living to like eighties now. Shoot. There's a lot of people getting to the hundreds, mm-hmm. which is wild. Can you imagine living 90 something years of being alone? Or like fending for yourself, that's crazy. I don't think nobody wants to do that. Mm-mm. So that thick skin that you're supposed to develop to help you also kind of betrays you because you create such a thick wall that it's so hard to break. That Especially once you become an adult, it's so hard to make friends. It's so hard to build connections. Mm-hmm. Like my... um. I was talking to Esme the other day um, about how once you graduated college, she graduated college, it's been so hard to make friends. Mm -hmm. You don't make friends at work because you don't know. It's hard to make friends at work. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm sure that there are people that do. For me personally, I find it very difficult to make friends at work. Mm -hmm. Um, Either because there's the power dynamic relationship where you have supervisors with supervisees and this and that, or the people that are within your realm, you don't know 
if you could really even trust them or if mm-hmm. your job's going to be in jeopardy and then that's like the food on the table for my family for my well-being for my home if i had kids for my kids so are you really going to put that in jeopardy over building a connection with somebody if you're in school you're focused on school you can't really make friends and then once you graduated where are you supposed to make friends at the clubs mm-hmm. at coffee houses especially nowadays where nobody wants to talk to each other. They just want to be on Facebook and Instagram all day Mm -hmm. and looking at their phone and try to ignore and try to avoid as much contact with other human beings as possible. Like it's hard. It's very hard. And you Mm -hmm. got that thick now and now you have added on an extra layer of thick skin. So now not only are you spiky within you're spiky without. Yeah. It's rough. And I think that that does have, a lot to that is a a big contributor to this you know new age anxiety and depression that a lot of kids feel because it's also thick skin like in terms of like I feel like thick skin implies like solution like Mm -hmm. it implies that when there's a problem you're not going to be that problem is not going to take you down because you've got thick skin, right? So you have to go into solution mode. Okay. I can't let this bring me down. I have to find a solution. How do I solve this problem? How do I survival mode? Yeah. And it's like, there's a lot of repression that happens with that mindset. Cause I, I'm a testimony to that too. I'm, I'm a problem. I'm a solution based human, right? Like if there is a problem, I immediately go into solution mode and it's, it doesn't even have to be like, a problem like you know finding a job or like like a like a world problem it's a lot of times it's emotional problems like okay you know someone said something that really bothers me how do I get over it you know without mm-hmm. having that that without conversation processing it and without mm-hmm. processing it yeah I don't go into process well I I'm better at it now because I've, I'm aware of it now but I used to not even want to feel you know mm-hmm. the the hurt that comes along with 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 you know, a hurtful word that someone said, or someone, you know, being unreliable, like a, you know, any one of those things that cause you to feel sad or hurt, like this thick skin mentality is like, okay, but I can't let that hurt me. Like, yeah, so and so Mm -hmm. said this, but I'm not going to be sad about that. I'm not going to get upset about that. I'm just going to move on, you know, and then Mm -hmm. so you go into repression, and repression and repression, and you don't learn how to have those conversations with people how to understand people. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be Mm -hmm. bad. It's good to say, Hey, listen, you said this and it bothered me because Mm -hmm. it made me feel this way. And then they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even realize that I will, Mm -hmm. I will do better. Right. Like I think a lot of relationships are in jeopardy because, and it's like you said, this, like this self-defense mode, right. It's Mm -hmm. like, we are so sensitive because we're, we're always on guard because Mm -hmm. we don't believe that people genuinely want to understand us and adjust to us the way that we should understand other people and adjust to those people, right? There's no narrative mm-hmm. that says, you know what, like, we're coexisting, let's, mm-hmm. let's learn each other so that we can coexist in peace. There's mm-hmm. like this, 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 like idea that we have in our heads, based on our experiences that no, I can't, say that something bothered me or I can't talk about this because so-and-so is going to feel so sensitive and they're going to feel attacked by what I say even if it's not my intention I may just try to say I may just be trying to communicate and say hey listen like I need this like what do mm-hmm. you need like that conversation can't even happen if mm-hmm. we're on guard and we're assuming that somebody's going to feel attacked by the things that we say and why is it that we feel so attacked you know mm-hmm. why is it that somebody can't tell me something and I hear it and I listen to it with, you know, ears that say, oh, my God, it's like, the thick skin. It's the thick skin. It's, it's the thick skin. Everybody is walking around with this extra layer of like, I'm always right. And like, that's mm-hmm. why I pointed mm-hmm. out that it also forces you to hold things in. Because mm-hmm. in your thick skin, there is an assumption that to have thick skin is que alguien te diga algo. And you're not reacting to mm-hmm. that because it doesn't it doesn't throw you for a loop. Mm-hmm. You're like, whatever, I'm good the way I am. Mm-hmm. Right? 
But what if that feedback, if what they said is actually genuinely something you need to work on as a human, Mm -hmm. because it's a reflection of that spikiness of that, that those quills from your defense mode, right? And instead of receiving that in an open way where you're like, you know what? They might be onto something. Mm-hmm. Let me reflect on that. Let's talk about it. It's mm-hmm. going to hurt because those conversations mm-hmm. are never good. Mm-hmm. But who wants to have good conversations all the time? Mm-hmm. You know how boring that is? Mm-hmm. You know how lackluster life is if you are always getting told the good things? What about the bad things? Mm-hmm. You don't appreciate the good without the bad. It's mm-hmm. it's yin and yang. It's literally the concept of yin and yang. Mm-hmm. Everything is a symbiosis of one another. There is a, just like it keeps things out, it keeps things in. So you're not being open and receptive to that feedback, which means you can't grow, which means you will constantly continue to have these prickles, which then the more you try to interact and find that connection, even though your inner soul might be crying out for that connection, if you have your guard up, nobody's going to want to connect with you Mm -hmm. because nobody wants to constantly be the one getting jabbed at with the hurtful words or whatever. And then they can't approach you to have a genuine conversation about why it's not okay to say what you say. Like, why is it okay for you to hurt my feelings and I can't hurt your feelings? Mm -hmm. Like that's the problem here. It's, it's that lack of, like you said, like, coming together and communicating in a peaceful way mm-hmm. just because i give you constructive feedback doesn't necessarily mean that it's a negative thing mm-hmm. it could be a healthy conversation it can mm-hmm. be a nice and a, an experiential conversation right because not only are you connecting in a different level with somebody and just being genuinely and open and, and vulnerable with somebody else you're also teaching that other person like that's that's i guess that's what you're you're doing with your podcast right you're creating this conversation this realm so that other people can come in be vulnerable you accept that vulnerability and you learn from that and you Mm -hmm. can grow from that as well even if it's not your direct experience that doesn't mean you can't learn something out of it you can't have a new perspective in your arsenal so that the day of tomorrow something like that does happen to you you know exactly who to even go to to have these type of conversations and kind of get that off your chest and process that so you actually feel that emotion mm-hmm. that's what i was thinking too like just because you haven't experienced it yet doesn't mean that you won't and mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that someone in your close circle hasn't that's information mm-hmm. that you can used to help somebody else that has been through the same thing. So there's a connection there too. And I think just to go back to what you were saying about this inability to receive feedback and to be so guarded, I feel like a lot of people are sensitive to those things because they don't want to feel like they're flawed. They don't mm-hmm. want to feel like there's something wrong. Hundred percent that they're not perfect, right? Because we 100%, have percent because we have this idea in social media that you always have to be perfect. What? Exactly. Exactly. I and and it's it it's it's an interesting because like I don't even know where that idea comes from. Like this idea when that, did that started happening? Yeah. Like, in my lifetime, when did that started being a thing? Yeah. Where, you had to be a hundred percent perfect. Exactly. And if you weren't perfect, you were nobody in this world. Yeah. Like it's, you. Like there's nothing. It's it's human nature to be to be missing something to have to work on something. Like there's. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why people feel because that that's also why I hold back sometimes. Like there are things that I notice about you know some people that are close to me. And I'm afraid to say something because I know that if I say something, because it's it's happened before, right? I know this mm-hmm. from prior experience. I know that if I say something about this thing, they're going to get defensive because they think that I'm trying to criticize them. They think mm-hmm. that I'm trying to say that there's something wrong with them, that, that how could you be this way? Like that all of a sudden you are just like the worst human in the world because mm-hmm. of this one thing, like, like as if you're going to be defined by this one thing. And that's, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's an insecurity thing, or that's just like, um, I don't know what it is. But like, 
I like when people tell me, you know, that there's something wrong. Right? I like mm -hmm. when people point out like, hey, you're not good. Like, I know what I'm not good at. I have, it does not make me feel less than mm -hmm. to know or to say that I lack things. I'm very aware of the fact that I lack things and it doesn't make me feel bad. Like, I don't feel bad about myself because I'm not good at certain things. I'm like, no, man, I wish I, I need to work on this. Like, I need to be better mm -hmm. at this. Like, I know that I have improvement to make. And it's because I do have a lot of self-worth and self-love and I don't look at myself like, I look at other people the way that I look at myself. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to judge that person or define that person by this one thing. Like that person is so much more than this one little, and I don't even want to say it's necessarily a flaw, but this one little thing that they could be better at, like, I'm not going to, you're not this thing. Like you're mm -hmm. so much more than this, this one or two, three little things. Like mm -hmm. I don't all of a sudden look at you with like these eyes that see you as like a, a, a terrible person because of mm -hmm. this little thing and I think that people think that they are going to be perceived as this terrible person because of these things I think people are I think it comes down to shame I think that's mm -hmm. what I think it is like people are ashamed of the things that they do wrong people are ashamed mm -hmm. of you know whatever flaws they have and when you point that out you're pointing out you know, the things that they're ashamed about. And I think mm -hmm. that's why people don't like to be criticized because they they feel bad about like deep inside, they're like, oh my God, like I damn hate they noticed I'm this way. Yeah. yeah like exactly. damn, they noticed. Exactly. I was hoping nobody would exactly ever notice. Exactly. But it's like, no, we we noticed. Yeah. <laughs> you don't do a good job at this. And you don't it's, yeah. When it's repetitive and it's throughout yeah. a whole life, like I love that you were saying that we're we're not this one thing. It literally it made me think of you know how how um, in Bruce Almighty when he meets God and mm -hmm. like God shows him like his file cabinet mm -hmm. right and like mm -hmm. it's like the whole history of everything he's done and what he will do mm -hmm. right. I think that there's like this idea that we're we're like a book and we've already been written, right? But we're not we're constant works in progress. And if you can't acknowledge that you're a constant work in progress and there's always things to improve on and you're set in this idea that I'm forever this person, then yeah. Like when somebody points out something that you do not once, not twice, but consistently, then yes. Like how could you not feel shame? Like how could you not feel some sort of way maybe not a shame I agree with your shame point though <laughs> but like feel some sort of way about it like yeah and I think it 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 is the world that we live in that is after perfection I feel like we feel like we're not allowed to be you know incomplete we're not allowed to and it, and my gosh, the world that we live in today, like this cancel culture, like that reinforces that idea that we're not allowed to ever make a mistake. It's like, mm -hmm. what? You made mm -hmm. a mistake. Some people really do define you for that. It's like they mm -hmm. forget all the things that you've done because of one mistake. It's like that saying of like, you can help a person a hundred times and the day that you don't, that's what they'll remember. Exactly. Like we tend to remember the the flaws, the letdowns, the sadness, like somehow. And I, I, I can't remember where I heard this, but there, I feel like there's something in us, right? Like instinctually, there's something in us. I think there's a way in how, just like failures, right? Mm -hmm. Like how failing makes you feel. You can have this amazing dose of dopamine when you accomplish something, right? But you, will, you, you can't remember that feeling really well until at least it hits again. But your feel of failure Talk to me three months down the road. Do you remember that feeling where you failed? Mm -hmm. Oh, you remember it. Mm -hmm. You remember it and maybe then some. Mm -hmm. Right? Maybe you can even relive it. Mm -hmm. PTSD, you can even relive it. I think that there's something 
in our network, in our neural network that encodes those moments of failure, those moments of shame, those those moments that are not so great as ways to, so that you remember it, so that you behave differently the next time. So it doesn't mm-hmm. happen again. And it's that defense mechanism. It's this, I think it's it's part of the learning mechanism, right? Like we're creatures of creating, we're creatures of learning, mm-hmm. right? We create, we learn, we create, we learn. It's this beautiful cycle. But learning is learned through failure. You can learn from accomplishing something. You figured out how to do it, but through failing, you figured out a bunch of other things of like how not to do something mm-hmm. um, and you can get a little bit more creative in that failure because now you're looking for different ways of solving the solution that you didn't get maybe the first or the second or the third time so I think there's a relationship there between that not accepting that feedback with people remembering exactly like the the concept the cancel culture like remembering that one mistake instead of all the other things you do because in our forefront i feel like we we remember the mistakes more Mm -hmm. right because of this learning mechanism that we have Mm -hmm. like we learn from other people's failures that's why it's important to share share stories and connect with others it helps you prevent your own failures Right. Or if you notice that somebody did it this way and it didn't work out for them, aconsejos, right? Mm -hmm. There's going to be people that you give them consejos, and no matter how many times you can give them that advice, they won't learn until they actually do it. But there are other people that you tell them this advice and then they're like, oh, you know what? You're probably right. Let me, let me learn from your mistake and try something else because mm-hmm. you already showed me that your way didn't work mm-hmm. and let me grow from that right grow from each other true yeah failure is miss i mean i'm definitely the person that uses other people's mistakes because i like to learn the easy way not the hard way that's my <laughs> motto right but <laughs> i love failing <laughs> I'm just trying things and failing at it. Like, no, why not? It, it, what I got to lose? It's true, though, what you said. I mean, like, failure is so important and so valuable, you know, to, to not know how to do something and get to think of many other ways to now solve the thing that you couldn't solve. That is super valuable. It gets you thinking differently. It opens up your mind and stretches you creatively. creatively. That is so cool. Yeah, I think that we have, like, I don't know why we and I think it's just like a human thing that we need to we need to change the way that we think. But Mm -hmm. there obviously is a lot of value in making a mistake because Mm -hmm. you do learn from that mistake. And then you I mean, you may do it again once or twice, but for the most part, you're going to remember not to do it right and you're gonna ideally ideally <laughs> ideally <right? laughs> some people you know they're a little oh, yeah, dick scold yeah. and it's like, true and they're like no i did it right the first time <laughs> why is it not working <laughs> yeah yeah for the most part we would hope that people would learn from their mistakes but but yeah there's a lot of value there and like there doesn't need to be like this this attack on on failure or mistakes like it just doesn't even make sense to to look at it as a bad thing because a lot of good does come from making a mistake because you do learn you're like oh like I can't like like I don't even know something as simple as driving like mm-hmm. you could make a mistake while driving I don't even know like maybe you you're one of those people that looks at your phone and then maybe you were driving and there was a stop sign and you looked at your phone and you didn't realize it. you're like oh my gosh maybe you got into an accident maybe you didn't I don't know but like those experiences, like you'll if you get into an accident because you looked at your phone. Believe me, you you you'll remember. <laughs> you'll remember that, and you're gonna be like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna look at my." After phone it again. costs you thousands upon thousands of dollars exactly. to repair, exactly <laughs> to repair your car, repair somebody else's car, exactly. So you're not looking at your phone while you're you're, you're driving not looking again. at your phone. Sometimes it takes like that intense, you know, experience to really like better you as a human being but yeah we do have a weird like we need to become comfortable 
sharing our our mistakes you mm -hmm. know we need to become comfortable sharing our flaws we need to become comfortable hearing that we need hearing to work on something yeah. yeah because there's no shame in needing to work on something because everyone has something they need to work on everybody is missing something everybody mm -hmm. needs to work on something so that's not a bad thing and if you think you're perfect then that's your flaw exactly 100 believe me like there's always ways to improve upon yourself to develop yourself like um self-explore mm -hmm. like self-explore within your mind um ask for ask people for feedback mm -hmm. like that's something that at my at my job it's part of the leadership that i'm trying to 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 grow mm -hmm. right um like i want to be the type of leader where my supervisees can come and they tell me something like hey stuff man i i don't agree with this idea i mm -hmm. don't agree with how you're approaching this and tell me I tell them all the time, guys, I am a work in progress. Mm -hmm. I am constantly a work in progress. And the day of tomorrow that I tell you that I'm not, I need you to give me a reality check. Mm -hmm. Give me feedback. Tell me how I can help you. Mm -hmm. Show me. Give Point it out. Because at least while I'm breathing and I'm existing in this world, I know that I can always be better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah yeah like you said we're all works in progress we're all working and that's great because that means we have something to look forward to we get to look at our lives and say look at ourselves you know our, our past versions of ourselves and say wow look how much I've grown mm -hmm. from from that point how fulfilling is it to realize mm -hmm. that you got to a place that's so much better than where you were and you'll never get there if you don't if you don't put in the work <laughs> of mm -hmm. like you know accepting that you have flaws telling other people about it, working on it, self-love, huge. You have to love yourself enough to even want to be better. Mm -hmm. So oh, that that's so true. Mm -hmm. That's so true. I think that there, so I feel like I've been telling you this since like years of us knowing each other. Like I try to be my own best friend. My best friend is the one that walks inside of me, mm -hmm. that is inside of my head. If you don't love yourself, you're living in a turmoil existence. You're living mm -hmm. a turmoil existence because you can escape from everybody. You cannot escape yourself. Mm -hmm. If you don't like your internal monologue, right? Because that's that's what our thoughts are internal dialogues and monologues dialogues mm -hmm. between the super ego like you know when you're thinking of a decision and the pros and cons you're having conversation internal conversations with yourself mm -hmm. and if you're not we need to talk about it because <laughs> you should be otherwise it gets out of whack in there and then you can't stand yourself and then you go through bouts of depression and, and anxiety and so on you should have healthy monologues with yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a caveat, right? Because if you don't, if you're prickly with others, you're going to be prickly with yourself. Meaning we're, we're our own worst critics. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes that internal monologue can become toxic and disruptive. And instead of helping you grow, what it does is it put you down. Mm -hmm. And that's not healthy. I'm talking about having a healthy internal monologue, having a healthy internal dialogue where you're becoming aware, right? It's it's that voice in your head that as you're doing something out in this physical world, it's like, ah, we talked about this. We said you weren't going to react this way. Just take a moment, right? That's a healthy one. Mm -hmm. Not one that says, oh, you dumbass, this. Like, mm -hmm. how many times do I have to tell you, don't do this? Why are you behaving this way, right? Like, there's a way to healthly, health, healthily, I don't think that's a word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, healthily. Um, communicate to yourself and identify those moments of growth for yourself, right? 
where you're not behaving how you what you set out to behave like right because everybody wants to grow and like you know be better and like we decide oh I'm gonna stop doing this or like I'm gonna start going to the gym that takes a lot of like internal repetition and dialogue and saying hey there's an internal motivation that goes with that where you have to like tell yourself hey this isn't just because or like okay I'll give you a personal thing right before I started going to the gym I didn't feel comfortable in my skin I didn't like my body image right I had been un palidroque my whole life to being depressed and super overweight. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not what I wanted for myself. And so my internal dialogue would tell me, oh, Stephanie, you're so fat. You can't wear this clothes. You can't wear what you used to like to wear because you're fat and you don't look sexy and blah, 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 blah. Right? That's not cool. That's not... That's not healthy. If anything, that just got me more depressed and wanting to eat more. Like, and so I literally had to tell my internal self, stop fucking calling me fat. Stop being an asshole. If you really cared enough, you would be giving me belts of motivation to say, we're doing this for our health. We're going to get back in shape. You really want to wear those sexy shorts? Let's go fucking run. And I had to catch myself in those moments of being put down by myself. And like nobody nobody else can do that for you, right? You can't do that for me. Carlos can't do that for me. My family can't do that for me. If anything, my family was... My, my family, I love them. <laughs> I love them. And I'm just going to keep it at that. We know, we know. Um... So my family, my family is interesting, but if I didn't have that heart to heart with myself and say, yo, I agree with you. I know I'm fat. I don't like it. I know this. It doesn't help that you're constantly telling me this in my mind as I do anything. It doesn't help. You know what helps? Little reminders little pick-me-ups of like, hey, we got some extra energy today. You slept really well last night. Good job. You fell asleep early. We've been drinking water. You're on a good cycle. Let's go run. Let's go run. Look, it's a beautiful day outside. Let's go outside. That helps. Not you calling me fat and telling me that I don't, I don't fit the physique that my mind wants to be at. So again, there's a difference between healthy feedback from the self and toxic feedback from the self. And if you don't find a way to have that healthy or change that dialogue into something that'll actually help you, you won't achieve your goals. You won't make substantial and relevant transformation to your inner self. And you will hate your existence. Because you should be your own best friend. I'm all for having external friends and having external best friends. I think that's important. It's a different perspective than what's in your mind. But your first and foremost best friend should be yourself. If you don't love yourself, no one will love you. And you can walk around in this world looking for that connection. You will never find it. Because you can't even connect with yourself hmm yeah self-love is 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 the root of it all that's definitely something that I've learned and that I talk about a lot is is self-love and and I and yeah if you can't if you can't accept yourself then you're always going to think that other people are not accepting you and you're going to have a warped perception of reality because you're going into situations already thinking they're not going to like me they're mm-hmm. saying these things because they don't like me because I don't like me. So how could they like me? You know, mm-hmm. it all starts with you and just giving yourself grace and, and loving the person that you are 
and accepting because love accepts, right? Like real Mm -hmm. love accepts error, real love forgives, you know, real love is patient with yourself, you know, that those are all attributes of love. And if you love yourself, then you will be patient with yourself as you progress. You will forgive yourself for not getting it right 100% of the time. You will accept the fact that you've got things to work on, period. You've Mm got to love yourself to progress or you will never, ever, ever progress. Love is also openness. mm -hmm. It's openness to the world around you, to the energies around you, to the people around you. And to sometimes experiencing life and, and things and thoughts and you know, feedback that you may not be a hundred percent cool with. Mm-hmm. And when you love somebody and you love yourself, you're open to receiving that because you know that they're not coming from a negative space. They're coming from a, a helpful space, a space where they want you to grow. They want you to be better. They want you to progress in your life and whatever form of progressiveness that looks like. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. If you, if you, if you love yourself and you understand what that means, then you're going to understand that if someone's giving you advice is because they love you too. And that's what love is. Love is feedback. Love is advice for you to be better. Love wants you to grow. So that's a Mm -hmm. whole different perspective than you being on the defense, thinking there's something wrong with me. They're trying to point out the things that are wrong with me because I'm so aware of the things that are wrong with me. The whole perspective changes when you're able to put love at the forefront of everything you do. That's literally, it makes all the difference Mm -hmm. of the way you perceive things. We talked about a lot. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know. We did. I don't even know what we started talking about. We started talking about creativity. (laughs) And just to kind of bring that full circle, do you know why, or I think that, what causes people to really enjoy a creative work of art right whether that's a writing whether that's a sculpture whether that's a beautiful garden right is because somebody put love and effort and was open to letting the work of art be what it was supposed to be right Like I I talk about this in my first episode, or I mention it off the cuff, where sometimes it's not, sometimes I may want to picture and do something in my head, right? But either my skill's not there or something I still need to practice and kind of like, and do better and improve upon. So it doesn't get right there. But at the end of it, I still love it. Like it's still its own unique thing. And when you put love and openness and and that grace that you were talking about into a work of art, into a piece, into a song, into a a poem, into whatever it is that it is, people are going to see that. And they're going to see that you did that with a passion. You did that with that unintentional, intentional thing that all of us can connect to. Um, And all of that stems from creativity and and that love and just Mm -hmm. that expressing yourself. Yeah. People, listen, express yourself. Express yourself. (laughs) We need to see it, okay? We need to see it. We need need you to express yourself so that we can be better and we can Mm -hmm. heal and and. And we and can learn connect and connect. Yeah. And it, connect. All, it all is connected. Everything is connected. So yeah. If you are struggling with being open and being vulnerable, you got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Pick a person, pick a person, share, you know, if you have, if you are an artist of any form and you wrote a poem or a story or you made a song or created whatever, show it to somebody. You know, mm-hmm. start practicing. Come talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. I would get on, love to, get on I would love to talk Street. to you. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Why not? Share your Share story with the world. on Share Creative Street. Exactly. Me, creative we need Street. to see it. <laughs> we need every human that walks on the earth. We need to hear your story. You add value to me. 
you add value to Stephanie, you add value to you add the value world. To the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we got to see it. We're, we're right here. We're right there. We're right there. <laughs> we're oh, right here. Man. I think that's a good wrap up. Yeah, We've guys. been talking for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Um, if you liked our this episode, please follow us on um, Spotify or anywhere else that you listen to your spot, your podcast. Um, follow me on Instagram. I'm at uh, STSGoto. Um, yeah, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And Likewise, you know, we're going to be friend. doing this again. So. <laughs> this is one of many, one, of, one many. of many. So we will definitely talk some more. Thank yes. you for hanging out with me. Of course, of course. We'll see each Loved other it. next time. See you next time. See you next time. Stay creative. Hey, hi. Dang, I don't have a tagline yet. Happy healing. Love it. (laughs) Bye. Bye.